this is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. The really big Barbecue Central Show. It's a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Great to have you. If you want to jump in, you can do it via the phone. You can do it via the emails. Your two bits of contact information are as follows. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter. And I would love to tell you that things have filled out and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Every, every once in a while, you run into a position in a live show where you have everything locked and loaded. The balance of the show through the next two months, booked. I have a few openings here and there that I leave open on purpose just for some timeliness in case there's a human interest story that pops up or something very important that I want to make sure I have time to cover. But by and large, I do try to book out and then make it as entertaining as possible. And this was one of those shows originally. It's been booked for weeks and weeks and weeks. We have some... Normal guests, which I'll get to here in a second, uh, but we had a, a little bit of a issue few days ago. Normal first Tuesday of the month guest. Uh, I'm sorry, normal third Tuesday of the month guest in that first interview segment slot. Barbecue Hall of Famer Stephen Reichland is out of town, out of the country this whole month, June 1 through the end of June, whatever that is, 30th, 31st, you tell me. So he was out tonight, tried to backload in his assistant, Nancy Lowski. She had another pressing issue that she couldn't backfill the segment because I know she's a cold smoking expert. And I thought that would be something pretty neat to get into considering time of year. What she does is a position for Steven, obviously, being his assistant. So get a unique view of Steven, but that didn't work out. Second, uh, now that I some of weeks have multiple regular guests. In the 9.35 slot, then in the third Tuesday, we also have Robin Lindars, the grill girl. She is in this evening, by the way. Not only is she in at the 9.35, she has accommodated the whole first hour. So she'll start in about 11 minutes from now. We will carry the balance of hour number one. 
and talk about a wide variety of topics. So I would say that if you've always wanted to talk to Robin or you've always wanted to ask her a question or get her take on something, ask about a recipe, who knows? Go ahead. This is your time. 216-220-0966. We will be chopping it up between us. If a call comes in and all of a sudden you hear us talking, you're on the air. I'll stop. I will literally stop whatever we are doing and we will take the call. So be prepared to come on, ask a question or let her know something about yourself, whatever it is. But I ask of all callers, please do not do nothing. No, please don't ask us how we're doing. We're doing great. I just want to let everybody know that right up front. When you call into the show, innately, just by human verbal reaction, you want to say, how are you? How are you tonight? Don't ask me that. I'm fine. I'm great. My guest is great. Just get right to it. We are ready to go. So you can call in anytime through the first hour and ask her whatever you want. Ask me whatever you want. Get our group opinion on things. We can solve some barbecue world problems. Whatever. Robin Lindar's in for the first hour. Second hour. Fairly wideish open. That first interview segment, 1014, has some things kind of planned, but we'll have to see how it goes. Who knows? Again, open for phone calls. Might have a guest coming in to recite poetry, poems from a feline nature. I know that sounds really weird, but it may or may not happen. And then closing out the show about a year ago, I believe it was July 3rd. Uh, we had a call, and I'm using air quotes for those listening on podcasts, from somebody who termed themselves Brisky Dorf. And I think it's, uh, as we are about a year out, we won't be on air the exact date that it happens on July 3rd. We'll be past the live show on Tuesday at that point. But I thought it was time to revisit that, maybe do a little breakdown, or play it in its entirety and then go through breakdown. So. If you have never heard what was then the Brisky Door phone call where I was almost into the Barbecue Wizards Hall of Fame, you're going to want to stay tuned to the end of the show. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Robin Lindar is coming up here in about five, six minutes from now. Don't forget you can follow me socially on Instagram and Twitter at BBQ Central Show, both places. Facebook as well, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. You can also get one of the live video streams through the Facebook feed. You can also get me on YouTube as well. Also on Periscope, that's a Twitter thing. Let me ask you this, because I saw this all over social media the last 48 hours, 36 hours, maybe it was even a little bit longer than that. All of you were sending it me, sending it to me via the email. Also, social media, DMs, and whatnot. How about this? Are you looking for a very part-time job, like for two weeks? And during that two-week part-time job, you will be responsible for tasting all of the barbecue ribs. If you're looking for that job in that kind of time frame, I have the job for you, especially according to CNN.com, Reynolds Rap is looking for someone to travel across the United States in search of the tastiest ribs. If the savory barbecue wasn't enough, they're also handing out a cool 
10K to go along with it. If you're a math major like me, you know that's five thousand. I almost said ten. That's five thousand dollars a week. If you don't mind being paid to taste some of the best delicious barbecue across the country, posting envy-inducing pictures of all your food and falling asleep every night dreaming about your next rack of ribs, then you could have what it takes to be the next Reynolds Wrap chief grilling officer, said the company in a news release. The person chosen will travel across the country for two weeks of August in search of the best barbecue in America. Along the way, the CGO will be in charge of posting photogs, grilling techniques, and other multimedia on the company's website and social media channels. Any influencer for rib lovers, uh, I'm sorry, an influencer for rib lovers, basically. The position includes prepaid travel and lodging for you and a guest. The hardest part, of course, will be picking who goes with you. Those interested in applying need to submit a photo of themselves grilling along with a hundred word essay about why they would be the best fit for the position. Hundred word essay. Oh, forget it. Reynolds Rap, I am not. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> Reynolds Rap, you need not consider me. As a matter of fact, if I am high ranking on your list of influence rib influencers. You're going to need to at least triple that amount before I even think about giving you audience. 216-220-0966 is my direct dial. Call in tonight, Reynolds Rap. Let's negotiate why you would want me and one of my embedded correspondents to be jaunting across this great land of ours, taking pictures and giving our insight as to why these ribs are great and these ribs are crap. And anywhere in between, we're honest folk, but we're not doing it for 10 grand. I mean, some people might want to take two weeks off of their job as vacation after they get the CGO job here because 10 grand made on vacation, you're going to get 1099 on that, by the way. So it's not going to be free and clear 10 grand. You're going to get taxed on that at the end of the year, like regular income. But that might be a pretty good pickup. Take a vacation to take rib vacation. June 19th at midnight. By the way, that's tomorrow. So hurry up and get on it. Get on it. Robin Lindar's coming up out of the break. I'll talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. Longest running sponsor of this show. They have a whole bunch of different things that will make your barbecue and grilling life easier. As we have come to know and love about the barbecue guru at this point. Creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. If you're new to the game, what does that mean to you? Let me tell you. Imagine you have a Weber Smoky Mountain or some type of a ceramic grill or a smaller offset. Maybe medium sized offset even. And you don't want to mess around with learning how to control your fire. Well, first of all, shame on you. Everybody should learn to control their fire as you begin this road of live fire. However, if you don't like if you don't want to learn, the Barbecue Guru has created a device that will strap to the bottom intake, little micro fan, if you will, 
You put a probe in your cooking chamber, set the temperature you want it to set at, and there it stays magically through the magic of science. The Barbecue Guru automatic temperature control devices, and there's many to choose from, by the way, will keep your pit temperature right where you set it at. You can also monitor internal meat temperature, depending on which model you get. So nice. Head on over to bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. You can also give them a shout if you have any questions. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And ask all the questions that you want. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Come on. Real great over there at the Barbecue Guru. When we come back, Robin Lindars joins me for the balance of the first hour, talking about a lot of stuff. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the email. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue, uh, sorry, Butcher Barbecue. Yep. Makers of award winning injections, marinades, rubs. Seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in my little backyard right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. Always trust your Butcher. Love Butcher. Just use a little butter-flavored grilling oil to finish off my tomahawk steak last night. Hey, it's the third Tuesday of the month, and pulling a little bit more time than usual is friend of show and creator of the GrillGirl.com website. It's Robin Lindar. Hey, Robin. Hey, hey. How are you? I am good. You guys get me kind of um, in box packing mode, so I didn't even get any mascara on for you guys. Sorry. Wow. I I was trying to rush here behind the computer. I was like, put some blush on. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the I, the instant message board is going crazy. Like, oh, we noticed she did not have any mascara on this evening, or she's not as blushy as usual. These guys are I, crazy. There's, I didn't get any contouring in. There's right. nothing. I mean, this is kind of my my norm. But you know, do you use a crazy. Uh, do you use a, uh, an eyebrow blending brush? No, I do not. You know what that is? I mean, they have that stuff for everything, you yeah, know, but contouring is like the thing, right? I and mean, now it's the, um, the whatever, the uh, strobing. <laughs> I, I don't know what strobing is, but I know that at least two of the three of my daughters have this brush. So they get their eyebrows done, like uh, waxed or whatever the hell they do. And they do each yeah. other's. They don't, at least they don't go to the salon and cost me 50 bucks to get their hair pulled out of their face. But then they get <sighs> home and then they have this like brush and then they, 
whoop, whoop, and then it like fills it all in. And oh, I'm telling you, it's quite the ordeal. I thank the lucky stars that I am not a woman. I mean, it is unbelievable the painstaking efforts that you guys, uh, that you ladies go through for us guys. And by the way, I don't even know if a lot of us even care. We're just happy that you're with us in some form or fashion. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's fun, right? I think, I think women have the ability to like have these things to kind of just take what's there and even improve on it. And, you know, now makeup is like kind of cross sexual these days. You'll see like these teenage guys wearing like eyeliner and stuff. It's kind of crazy. So you see I mean, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've seen that. Is it, uh, is that like metrosexual? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, just get on YouTube. There's some, it's like the wild west out there, you know? <laughs> wow. And so I would assume that if you get on YouTube and I'm a male looking to add a little mascara, do you say mascara to my outlook, uh, there's probably some real male expert that would be able to help me navigate those waters. Yeah. I mean, I watched a contouring video on this, this funny, um, English gay guy and he was, fabulous and you know and he taught me how to do it so you know anything you want to find on the internet is there (laughs) (laughs) so i've heard and there's a lot of free stuff still on the internet that i can't believe is still free nevertheless uh let's talk about the 2019 right off the bat so on this show we have made a effort to maintain visibility and shine a I don't know if spotlight is or a floodlight on this barbecue hall of fame. We've done it over the years, this and that. And we had a really good year this year, I think, as far as uh, transparency is concerned and things that the uh, American Royal decided to release. Uh, We did a big reveal here on this show, blah, blah, blah. But uh, do you have any thoughts on what the class of 2019 looks like? Do you even know who made it in this year? Yeah, I looked it up today, and I know you were promoting it, and I was trying to promote it so people knew because I knew you live-streamed it, which I think is awesome, and thank you for doing that because I think that's um, huge. So, um, you know, I try to keep up with this stuff. Uh, So uh, what it appeared to me was that there's a lot of uh, posthumous winners, right? Uh, It was C. uh, Stubbs guy, the Dreamland guy, and then the Lexington barbecue guy. So two out of the three are not living anymore. Yeah. So did you think that there was an effort to go back and make sure that some restaurant people got in? Because I did hear a little bit of a buzz about how it was, you know, a lot of competition folk. Aside from the whole, it's a a lot of white folks, but there was a lot of competition people in there as well. You mean from previous classes or in the nominations? Yeah, from the previous classes. The existing Hall of Fame as it is right now uh, would contain a a large amount or a a decent percentage of competitors. And, you know, that's true. When you look at the, like I was looking at the photo, I'm just looking, of course, now I can't find it. Um, I had it up like two seconds ago. But it was like the inductees were Mm. like Chris Lilly, Tuffy Stone, Melissa Cookston, uh, Ray Lampy. Myron Mixon. Myra Mixon. Um, so totally, it seemed like a lot of recent like barbecue people, which if you think about it, and I don't know when this Hall of Fame started, so maybe that's maybe they got started late and they didn't have time to to nominate people back in the day when they were doing their thing, you know, when the Dreamlands, like that's been around since the, what, 50, 60s? 52. Um, 50, okay, so there you go. So it, it almost felt like we need to give... Um, 
we need to we need to give them props for what they did. Kind of, yeah. Like if that's the correct definition, they're posthumously. Like let's let's give credit where credits due. But there are there already existing. Okay, I've got the photo up now. It's all. I mean, primarily, except for Artie Davis, is he is he a competition guy? Well, I mean, you could lump him in, I guess, because he is a very or was a very integral part of KCBS initially. Um, he does a lot of writing for Kansas City Star, I think, and he'll write a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty integral in KCBS back when it started, and I think he's pretty involved to a certain degree, you know, even to this day. So. Uh, well, tied I can see what you're saying here because it is almost, I mean, even just looking at the inductees, about 75% competition people, some of which may have their own restaurants, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of great restaurants and barbecue innovators um, that are not in competition barbecue. Here's here's the, uh, the, the overriding question, I guess, is when you have a class that is fairly recent as you said and even if you're reaching back into you know now the Stubbs days and John Bishop from Dreamland and you know Wayne right. Monk's 89 years old or 82 years I mean he's an old guy yeah but you know it's been around even longer than that so I mean how how much should we look all the way as long as we can track back because the other uh, thing that I had talked to a uh, Dr. Howard Conyers a number of weeks ago was you can't go all the way back and credit some of the best slave pitmasters because there were no records kept on them. They weren't considered to be human. There's no reason to keep records on people you don't think are human, blah, blah, blah. So you're never going to know the names of those people. It's going to be really hard to find them and uh, whether they're Hall of Fame worthy or not, but you're not even going to know them. You're not going to have a name. Barbecue has been around forever. I mean, Jesus was probably barbecuing. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. Where do you cut it off? Well, right. So I, that's why I think we were to, I think this Hall of Fame is a, like Southern style barbecue. So we're not going to go back to Argentina homage. or, you know, wherever. But, you know, here where it started in the States in whatever form that was, I think that's what we're looking at. So I'm just wondering yeah. how far they will go back. Or uh, Ray Lampy said, you know, maybe in at the 10 year mark. So they, American Royal took it over in 2012. So we're now seven years in. So maybe at like a 10 year mark. They do a big mass induction and make a right. huge wide base to kind of include everybody that is already passed away. And, you know, this way you can have people that are alive to show. I think, you know, potentially you have two of the three inductees this year at the American Royal and they, you know, they're not alive, so they can't go. So you're going to have, you're either going to yeah. hope that some immediate family members are going to show up uh, or, and I mean, who knows if Wayne Monk is going to show up. I don't know what kind of condition he's in to travel and make a trip like that from Lexington, North Carolina. So, you want to see the people that you put in the Hall of Fame, I guess, to a certain degree, show up to the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, when everyone's dead, I can't imagine that the award ceremony will be that exciting, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? I mean, if their family accepts it, I guess. But yeah, I. where do you say, okay, like, Arena, like, where are we starting to name people? Because right. where do you cut it off? Because. Right. Barbecue has been around, like you said. I mean, it, barbecue is around because it's it's it was the inexpensive cuts of meat, and they are all about it's the low and slow that make them edible and tasty, mm-hmm. you know. But people have been doing this stuff in there, you know, digging a hole in the ground for and roasting pigs for a long time. Time, <laughs> uh, timer in the instant chat said, "Oh, what rub did Jesus use? I smell a new bracelet coming. What do you think about that? I like that a lot." <laughs> What, nice. would you, what rub would you? Th- 
W R D J U. I like it. I mean, you know, if he can make that many fish out of like what he had to begin with, I'm sure he was an amazing, you know, he had a down and it's been, all this stuff has been happening for a long time. According to literature, that guy could put water into wine. So I can only imagine what kind of a barbecue expert he would be. I mean, and Jewish people have been doing brisket for a long time. It's not like Texas just figured it out. Like it's, this is like to our point, this stuff is barbecue is not new. Uh, Robin, <laughs> weird question coming in from the instant chat. How tall are you? Not very tall. I'm five feet and three quarters of an inch, and I round up to one. Five one. All right, we'll take it. Five one with shoes, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I I'm. I, I think Hunter's got the short gene. I, I take him to the pediatrician, and I'm like, okay. Is he, His is he like, seem a lot taller than him. Is but he 50 percentile in height? Really cute. Yeah. Is he 50 percentile in height? No. He's like 23rd. 23rd. Oh, geez. Yeah. On the <laughs> other side, like me. my uh, my oldest was, uh, man, up until I can't remember, because we had the book that you fill out every time you go to the pediatrician and they do the, the arcs. She was always uh, over 100 percentile in height. So. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So, yeah, you've so got, well, and that's why they're volleyball players. Yeah. yeah. Six footers. So. What are you going to do? Maybe Hunter will be a jockey. Maybe. <laughs> I love horse racing. We can only hope. Now we have to. He can never eat, though. He's got to stay very short and, and very skinny to be a good jockey. So Yeah, like those like those wrestlers in high school. They're always like. Yes, always dieting. Yeah, wearing the rubber suits and whatnot. <laughs> uh, so you have something pretty cool going on. By the way, we're talking with Robin Lindars from Grill Girl, grillgirl.com, her website, and you can follow her on Instagram at grillgirlrobin. Do you know what your latest follower number is, Rob? I think I'm like 15.6. But... 15.6. Wow. Yeah, you were uh, right around 15 last month, so that's almost I a think, thousand you know, followers. Once wow. you get to a certain number, it, it builds on itself, I feel like. Yeah. Um, like I felt like when I got to 10,000, it, w- it got easier to gain more followers. Mm. Um, but I, I do feel like, I don't know. I changed my, I, I'm just trying to do all the stuff that you do. Right. You try to post every day. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to post. I just don't feel like it, but I'm like, Ugh, right, got, let's not get, let's not get into that. I already ha- I have questions about that. So let's not get into that. You have something pretty <laughs> okay. cool going on in, is it like a month or two? Uh, World food championships, 2019 fire, fire woman challenge. It's in October, I oh, think. Oh, okay. October, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like during World Food Championships. All right. So, yeah. And as everybody yeah. knows, as Mike McLeod had said, uh, it was either end of last year or whatever, that it's going to Dallas this year. This could be the new forever home of the World Food Championships, but we'll see about that. But this Which year is in 2019. Which to me. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it was kind of backdoor to you, you know, for the... Well, no, it was, uh, it was in Alabama was in the Lowe's. last couple of years, right? Yeah, but still yeah. closer. But yeah, I just you know you had a dis- we I think we had a discussion or someone had a discussion on your show about it. But yeah, but I mean maybe Dallas is easier logistically. Who the heck knows? Yeah. Maybe the airport, the getting people there is easier. Who the heck knows? All right. So what is the Firewoman Challenge, and and how did you get uh, to be a part of this? Honestly, I I don't even know. I'm super honored to be invited. I think um, I met Mike at the steak cookoff, mm-hmm. and we had a conversation and. Uh, I, I, we just kept in touch and I think somehow maybe I got nominated. They say they were based on nominations, but, um, I have to say I am like super honored to be in this group of really kick-ass female cooks. Who's in it? They call them pit masters. I mean, 
a couple of them are, you know, professionally trained chefs, mm -hmm. uh, like Christina Fitzgerald, who also looks like a supermodel for Lord's sake. Her picture of her holding up her tomahawk is like, oh my God, I don't, I are no, you I a model no, or are you a pit master or are you both? <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Fitzgerald. Um, yes, you do. I have don't, no idea. Don't joke with me. I'm not joking. Is it on the website? We should pull it up. Uh, Yes, she's uh, a barbecue restaurateur out of Kansas City. Kansas right. City? I don't know. Anyway, it's a barbecue competition for ladies. There's yes. five of us, and we're competing for the best meal cooked in 90 minutes all over mm, fire. No electricity. So I don't have all the details yet. I think it's similar to the, um, was it the fire and ice or cowboy charcoal one they did last year? Uh, I don't know if that's right, because I think uh, Sylvie's in the instant chat. She can... Maybe fill in a little bit on how they're different, and I think Sylvie might have she might have won one year, maybe, or she was really close. But I think that like uh, the fire and ice was a two day competition. I think one day was yeah. more of like a traditional or maybe barbecue. Maybe cowboy and, charcoal. Yeah, cowboy charcoal sponsored it, and they gave away money and diamonds. And uh, but I think it was two day. One day was a barbecue competition, and then the next day was more of the grilling competition. I think. If I'm not mistaken, she'll yeah. she'll chime in here in a, in a second. But so how is it different this year? What it, so it's just ninety minutes. Make whatever you want. Yeah, I'm still getting the details. That's why I actually um, reached out to Mike today on the email because I'm like, let's let me get all the details. But um, I think they're still kind of fleshing it out because they say this is the first year they did this one specifically. So maybe they're taking some some things they did with previous female focused competitions. But um, from what I can tell, we can cook whatever we want um, in 90 minutes over uh, on a on a grill, charcoal. And I think they may throw some things in later, depending on if a certain sponsor gets involved. Like, oh, you have to cook X or uh -huh. something like that. So it's very like that? right now based on what I've heard. You were on the uh, show Chopped one time and, uh, you know, you bring it up from time to time and, you know, it didn't go very well for you right off the bat. But, like, are, I mean, are you down for these kind of competitions? Do you like it no matter what or does it start to stress you out? Do you think back in the past and are we uh, <laughs> starting to lose sleep tonight or, or I mean, what's the deal? Well, it's both, but you know, honestly, Chopped was like that was so long ago for me, and I was earlier on in my cooking career, um, and just younger and less experienced. But also, that was all filmed on television, which was totally nerve wracking. So, like the whole experience was just like ah, you know, like you go to chop garlic, and there's like a camera there. So I think I was more overwhelmed just with all of it, mm. um, all of it. Like it was just a crazy experience, and I think it also had a, an oyster fatal non-recoverable error with oysters i've not experienced with you know like i am an east coast girl most of the oysters i've been able to purchase and cook have been from the east Co coast so what i got there just did not react the way i was expecting on chopped but going on national television and getting voted off the first round was really embarrassing to me and i just was like i can't believe i did that and so it did cause like anxiety for me and then i wrote like uh, blog post about it called post chopped anxiety disorder kind of like ptsd <laughs> but you know that was just like how i was like dealing with it yeah. um but it was a cool experience i mean shit i got to hang out with some and meet meet some neat people and the guy who won the entire series was on my episode who was that um ernest cervantes oh from, yeah uh, big bean or burnt bean company yeah and yeah. he's an amazing cook yeah. and also uh totally. timothy grandinetti from um He's from Winston-Salem, and he has a uh, restaurant. I can't remember what it's called now, but I, his barbecue team was called 
Led, not a Led, a Guns N' Roses song, and now I can't remember what it's called. Sweet Swine then, of Mine. No, oh. oh, it'll come to me. Timothy Grandinetti, but uh, and then also Doug Keelis from uh, uh, Ribs Within. Mm. So I mean, it had to make for great TV in that I was like this short little girl, that or little small female competing against oh, these girl. three really huge dudes. Like, huge. I mean. Uh, Doug is like six five. Yeah. Ernest is a really big boy, and Tim is not that small himself. So, <laughs> so I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, I learned a lot, but I think honestly, I'm so just honored to be invited, and I think it'll be fun. And it's really more my element, uh, just cooking whatever I want for ninety minutes, and I'll have ideally, hopefully, time to plan exactly what I want, mm-hmm. um, and go in with a dish that I feel like I can execute well and bring my best you know, and, uh, and do my best and go out there and just try to kick some butt. And if, you know, worst case scenario, I don't win and best case scenario I do. And, um, either way, it'll be a cool experience and I'm happy to do it. Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show, grillgirl.com or website at grillgirlrobin on Instagram. So give her a follow. She's always posting content on there. We'll actually get into that here in just a second. Uh, all right. So can I hold you just for two minutes and then we'll come back and chop it up a little bit more? Absolutely. All right. So Robin will stand by and I will talk to everybody about Southside Market. Southside, of course, is Texas's Texas's. Probably not right. It's the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. 1882 is when it was established and it's been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage coarse ground and the natural pork casing. Totally delicious, by the way. And they also sell authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. Mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. On-site meat market for fresh and smoked custom products. Two restaurants if you want to eat. Elgin since 1882, Bastrop since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many of the surrounding states. But if you shop southsidemarket.com, use code BBQCENTRAL at checkout. That's one word and lowercase BBQCENTRAL. You get 10% off the entire order. Not just your first order, all orders. Code BBQCENTRAL at southsidemarket.com. And we are back with more Robin Lindars right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com and purchase there as well. And we are talking with Robin Lindars. Hey, Robin. Thanks for joining 
and hanging through the break here. So, so Greg, I figured it oh, out. I, I had pulled up the press release for the Firewoman Challenge. Okay. You guys want the details. Yeah. So Deets. it says, five, Ameri- five of America's award-winning and exciting lady pitmasters will be invited to take part in WFC's new Firewoman Challenge. This special event is a sequel to the Fire and Ice Women's Barbecue mm-hmm. Series, which just finished an impressive three-year run thanks to Cowboy Charcoal. While this series will not occur... In 2019, the WFC committee felt that its successful success was something that could be transitioned into an entertaining educational event for the food sport debut food sports debut in Dallas. So it says each firewoman competitor will be given a grill torch, a grill torch, and mystery ingredient that can be cooked to perfection within two hours. Wow! There will be no electricity, no help, and no men involved in the process. No now men. I don't Come think on. that's changed since that this press release was written because they didn't say anything about a mystery ingredient. They just said. I thought they said cook what you want, but maybe I got confused. If it's so, called a firewoman challenge, why do they have to go out of the way to say there's no men involved? I mean, who gives a shit? I don't know. It's so, it's so lame I, that we even have to like say girls and boys. I mean, live fire right now, if, if you're not good, you're going to get your ass kicked by a guy or a girl. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I um, when I did that state competition at the shed, a lot of like the top five were were women. Yeah, what's her name? Shauna, Shauna, uh, Shauna DePolo or whatever. I I apologize, Shauna, if I'm butchering about. your last name. But she was at the NBBQA thing like two years ago, and she beat everybody's ass. Without, yeah. I mean, like boat raced them. She and she wins a lot. So yeah, some of the best cooks in general out there are women, and obviously some of the best steak cooks out there are women. Some of the best cooks out there, period, yeah. are women. Suck it up. I know. I mean, it seems kind of silly that they would divide it up, but I'm super stoked to have the opportunity. But I hear you. I mean, it's yeah. It seems almost. It seems almost a little unfair, yeah. just because. Uh, yes, women are equally as great grillers as right. men. Are, so, Robin, but. if you were leaning on hopes of having a secret man in your uh, camp, guess what? No men. Yeah. Sorry, can't cheat. No men. Well, Scott and I would be fighting about the way to cook stuff. He would want to sous vide everything. He would want to sous vide everything, and you would not want to season anything, and their fights would take place. Oh, oh dear The great Lord. sous vide family debate. So how drop. is that going in the house? How is the sous vide going in the house? Well, we're doing sous vide at home, but, I mean, we never did it for that night. I did not do it for that barbecue competition. That I mean, that state competition, which is like I got, like, it just caused drama because none of us could agree on the way we wanted to enter the steak. So then Dad and I broke out into teams and competed against each yeah. other. <laughs> well, so yeah. I missed my opportunity to break against tradition because the SCA was up here, I think it was last week. Is that right? I think they were up here last weekend in Hartville for an SCA event at Hartville Hardware, but I had a softball tournament that I had to go to, and I was going oh. to bring my sous vide supreme machine uh, uh, with a generator just in case they didn't have the power, and I was going to sous vide my steak, and I was going to bring grill grates, but it was going to be on the flat top side, and I was oh. going to, you know, right at the end, I was just going to, you know, high heat for br- all browning across the top. No grill ah. marks, nothing like that. And be like, here, F you. On. Here you see. How- that's, yeah. But that is exactly what you should have done. I think I in think- some spots, though, you, you get punished. You know, if you would have done that where you were at, you know, you're not going to do well. But I thought here in Ohio, it was the first SCA event ever in Ohio. And I had an opportunity, a golden opportunity to 
buck the current trend and probably do okay. But I, you know, oh, those, I'd love to see that. It's those damn kids, I mean, Robin. It's those damn kids that are ruining everything. I know. Damn. And you know what? I, I honestly think people get so obsessed with the grill grate marks. Yes. Or the gr- the grate marks, the, the char marks being in a perfect crosshatch that you, I, and I feel like I was doing this too, that I was sac- maybe sacrificing flavor just to get those perfect marks. Yeah. Where I should have been really looking to get the perfect caramelization and the perfect like crust across the board, I don't know. I'm I haven't figured it out yet. Like it's and sometimes I do think that the judging can be a crapshoot. Robert, a barbecue central show exclusive news update. Stand by for this. This is Greg Rampey reporting at the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. And through my correspondent in Pittsburgh, uh, Yin's Love Barbecue, aka Doug Durda who is informing me that somebody named Angel Todd won the Chillin' and Grillin' SCA event in Hartville, the one I was referring to. How old was she? 17 years old. And a girl who probably didn't have a man in her camp, so she didn't cheat. How about that? Nice, right? That's so cool. Good for her. Good for her. I'd like to get her on the show. So, uh, Doug, make sure that you call that 17-year-old girl. And uh, book her here on the show. Don't call her, Doug. I'm just kidding. And let's ask her what she did because, like I said, I still have not figured it out. I almost feel like I'm over. I was overcomplicating it, like getting in my own head. Yep. Like I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. Uh, like just keep it simple and do what you've always done. And I probably would have done better that Robin, way. Robin, let's talk about meats right now. Okay. I am a little concerned that there is a, and maybe I'm concerned because I'm in the subculture too much uh, and my yeah. finger is firmly on the pulse, both fingers firmly on the pulse. Okay. And maybe it's not this way to the general John, Jane, and Joe, but do you think that we're getting romanced into thinking that we have to have much higher grades of beef than we really need in order to get good products? And I'm talking about prime steaks and Wagyu steaks, uh, not necessarily the barbecue meats that we're talking about because typically that thought goes into competition and I don't want to even talk about that at this point, but just on a basic consumer level, do you think that people are A, aware, a lot aware that there are much better grades of beef and that they need to be buying these in order to achieve a better end product or, or is it just something that I think is more on the radar because I'm in it? I honestly think that we're in it and I feel like even my opinion is skewed because I feel like everyone I hang around with or people I actually have food conversations with like, uh, you know, are in a foodie world. Like, well, I should say like anyone I talk to like food about, like if we're going to grill, I'm just like, let's make it worth it. But I think like the rest of the world doesn't really care as much. Like it's not like, Unless they, I mean, maybe they do like if they go, to, if you have a local butcher that's close by and you know how to actually like ask and look for the better meats and you have that readily available or you maybe live in a town that's always had a good local butcher. But for the average person that doesn't have a lot of shopping options or a lot of extra time um, or elects extra money because this stuff's not cheap, yeah. I think that leaves you probably to like choice, you know, Um and I think a lot of it could be an economics could be a driving factor. I mean, look at even just look at Whole Foods. I mean, they're not they're not giving that stuff away, you know, and um, I would always think of those as being like a higher quality, like type beef you can get versus like for me, I have like a Publix, which is going to be like, you know, 
Like I don't know what you have up yeah, in Ohio. Yeah, it's like a giant eagle or a Tops or a Price Chopper. You name the the big chain around your area, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even then, my options like at, at Publix are going to be like um, the the Greenwise, which is the uh, you know I'm just talking about beef here because those are kind of more the stands we're talking about. Like chicken has its own and pork, of course, but beef's the one that has all the really more of the grades. Everything else is a little more like kind of standardized or not standardized, but you know what I mean. It's there's not as much as variation um, in the other uh, meats, but so like. Even their highest quality that I can just buy, you know, there like off the shelf is going to be a choice, like a grass fed choice. Um, but even then it's like, so my option is choice or choice. And that's the best I have. So, you know, so I remember um, having a conversation with Stephen Reichlin uh, maybe two or three years ago. And he said, hey, don't eat so much beef all the time. Save your thin gilders, nickels, and dimes, and on a special occasion, go buy a prime steak or two or three or whatever for your family and have a beef event once a quarter or you know uh, twice a year, whatever the case may be. But save your money and buy really good meat instead of eating a bunch of commodity style on a regular basis. Do you agree with that or no? Do you think yeah. we eat too much beef as a public? Well, I think everyone, and you know, again, we're skewed, right? Because we're on Instagram, we're looking at photos, and we always know that like all the photos that are really hot, it's just like meat porn, meat, 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 you know, meat on grill, fire coming out, you know, Um, but, um, which I do that too. But um, in reality, I think most people, and I think a lot of the females are shopping for a family, right? It's not always the dudes. I mean, I'm sure they, but it's not like, you know, if you're feeding a family of four, you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I don't have Wagyu to feed little Jimmy tonight. You know, um, I I think it's just not as big of a deal for people that aren't as in our space. Um, I, I think there are things that are coming up that are, you know, not so much maybe even just the 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 um, the grade of the meat, but how the meat's raised and treated, because a lot of people are eating paleo and are also um, being more conscious about how the animals are treated and what the animals ate because what you eat, what you eat, you're eating what they eat too. Those are things that are coming to mind. But I, I think we live in our own little barbecue world that skews our like kind of understanding of, of grilling and meat cuts. I think for most people, a good ribeye that's choice from your grocery store is still like an event for um, the weekend. Um, not your Wagyu or, or Kobe that you spent $80 on and had shipped to your house or made a special trip to the butcher to get. Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. Grillgirl.com is her website. Um, within a similar vein, oh, by the way, uh, I think Costco has, I have completely fallen in love with Costco. Their meat section yeah. is unbelievable. They have a incredible prime section. I had a 3.25 pound tomahawk steak for dinner last night and it was $42 it was $12 a pound for prime beef can you believe that that almost just seems wrong and I'm so jealous because I don't have a Costco membership because I have a BJ's closer to my house and they're not the same they're they're pretty sucky yeah BJ's (laughs) is more like choice like decent choice um and I've had some really great I've had some really great uh success with BJ's but (laughs) but uh Costco is a whole different level with their their prime section is very good. I'm I'm very satisfied. They pr- they're pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, 
all my grilling friends, Costco is the way to go. Yeah, it is a it is a fantastic nightmare to navigate. I have to say, it is so crowded. The minute that place opens till the minute it closes, there is easily seven hundred and fifty eight thousand people yeah. roaming through that place, and it is uh, oh my god, it, it makes my skin crawl. But it's worth Imagine it to go doing through the that beef. With a toddler, I did that once, and I thought I was gonna have to like. I literally, I, I don't even know how I made it home. I was like, I need a Xanax right now, or I need to go check myself into, like, somewhere. Yeah. Well, oh, my. Yeah, so, the meltdown as we're, like, leaving, and I'm pushing that really ginormous cart, and it was so stressful. <laughs> uh, Robin, let me ask you, what is a Mezcal? Mezcal is, like, like a tequila. Is it, it's, like, a brand like a of tequila, family. or is it, oh, it's within the it tequila like type family. of... Is it an agave it's, I, it's actually, distillery? I don't even know if you can classify it as tequila. It's in the tequila family. I know it's from made from the agave plant. So, you know, at Grill Girl, I have contributing writers, and I try to pluck up smart people that I meet. And the the uh, really kick-ass girl woman that submitted that recipe was actually the photographer for that um, – I had like a little photo. Sh- I had an article in Flamingo Ma- Flamingo Magazine, which is funny because I'm like obsessed with flamingos, but they're the magazine <laughs> that covers stuff around Florida. Mm-hmm. And she was my contributing writer. I mean, she was the photographer for that um, for that story. And then I happened to have known her from a million years ago um, when she was writing for the Palm Beach or doing stuff for the Palm Beach Post. And I was like, hey, come write for me. And she's a freaking amazing uh, like craft cocktail maker. So she's so the one that made that mezcal mint julep. Yes. Wow. Yes. So I would say that's kind of like, um, yeah, like a mint julep, but like with agave or not agave. Well, from like like the equivalent of a like I'd say a more distilled tequila. Like mezcal is kind of like I think like when and I'm you guys can correct me. I'm sure I'm wrong on the uh, on the chat. Uh, but you know how people get really into their bourbons and then there's like bourbon and there's rye and there's whiskey yes, and blah, 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 blah. Yes, right. Mezcal is kind of like that to tequila, you know, like mm. a refined connoisseur's te- like version of tequila. <laughs> so according to John Dawson, leave it and to I'm him sure to he's know. Right? Do this right. and make me feel silly because that's what John does. Love you, John. Mezcal <laughs> equals tequila with the worm. Is that really a thing? Are there still Worms in tequila bottles? I thought it was just like the rubber worm in the bottom of a Jose Cuervo, and he had the sombrero. Are there still real worms in in that stuff? I haven't seen it, and yeah, I have not seen that. Mm. So I think that, yeah, I'll have to ask Libby, but I don't don't see her like, hey, let's take this worm and um, put it on the side like a swizzle stick (laughs) or whatever, but it'll last. Can you eat... um, can you eat flamingos? I don't think so. Is that against they, the law? I think it would be against mm. the law. Mm. Would you Yeah, be- but someone did say something on that art. That's so funny you mentioned that because um, when Flamingo Magazine did the little thing on me and they show me like standing there with like this because the article they featured was my smoked fish dip. And they, um, so I'm standing there with like the smoked fish in front of me and like glazing it with like some maple bourbon sauce and someone in the comments is like can you grill flamingo and they're like uh no lol smiley face (laughs) but it's funny you mentioned that because you're not the only one that would think that would you be more inclined to try a bite of horse or a bite of flamingo if you had the opportunity to try one or the other 
Uh, you know, well, flamingos are like my spirit animal, so I think it would be weird to eat my spirit animal, so mm. I'm going to have to say the horse. Spirit animal. Speaking of which, did you see my dog in the background there? He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, you can see we're, we're obviously high-octane entertainment. Uh-oh. He's like right out. <laughs> wow. It's so uh, weird for him, too. Last question. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Brussels sprouts. Are you a big fan? I am yeah. a big fan. What do you and like? Like, what do you like? How do you describe Brussels sprouts to somebody who had maybe a uh, early childhood aversion to them? I never, I was never even like given one. I don't know if my parents didn't like them and they just never put them on the table or whatever. But I don't ever remember seeing a Brussels sprout in my life until about five years ago when I had one on accident. And I was like, what is everybody complaining about? But if, if somebody said, what's a Brussels sprout taste like? How do you describe it? Well, I think the way you see people cook Brussels sprouts now that is different than how they used to historically be cooked is that everyone's um, caramelizing them and getting that that nice crustiness on the outside, you know, Um, though what you still usually need to do with Brussels sprouts is give them oftentimes a parboil because um, they just they just need to be parboiled. Otherwise, it just takes a long time to cook them. So it just depends on your timing and how much time you have. that recipe specifically you're referencing on my website was by John, uh, John Solberg, who is my resident expert. I was, I talked him into being my expert for the site, um, to do really specific, just to big green egg content. I am not sponsored by any way with big green egg. Like we're friends and occasionally they'll give me product, but you know, um, they're not like sponsoring me, but I just felt there's a need because eggheads are such a big, market out there mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people are really hardcore and looking for a recipe specific to the egg that we we've done a lot of that but um back to that recipe so i always feel like the way to do brussels sprouts is to really finish it with like a nice caramelization on the end like in, in cast iron or on the grill you can just do it directly on the grill and get that char but they do benefit from usually a parboil in the beginning just to kind of like um, five minutes them up a little like bit you got to cut them in half and do you have to like d d outside fly <laughs> I don't even well, know what the hell I'm trying you, to say. You like, buy do you, them. Do you sometimes pick you'll some find sh- them on the stock, but that's rare. You don't see that a lot. But yeah. uh, you know, sometimes the outside might have some yuck on them, or you want to take the. They're like little mini cabbages, and I think yeah. that's why they got a really bad uh, reputation because people would just boil them, and you know, cabbage is it's cabbage, right. right? And so, but when you cook them the right way, they can kind of take on their um, flavors of the grill flavors of any sauces like i like to do almost like a savory kind of salty with a little finish of sweet like with maybe a little balsamic or a little maple um and then add bacon and you get that sweet and salty and i what's nice about brussels sprouts is that um they actually have a lot of detoxing properties in them i forgot what the the chemical is but they're in like one of the uh, families of vegetables that actually has like a lot of natural detoxifiers which lord knows we could all use in our system so that's that's an added bonus (laughs) <laughs> wow. All right. So yeah. uh, if you are looking for recipes like a mint, uh, a mint julep, a, oh, geez, a mighty mezcal mint julep or some Brussels sprout tips, what have you, you just run right over to grillgirl.com and see what Robin's up to or what her contributing writers are up to. Of course, you want to follow her on Instagram at grillgirlrobin. And on the third Tuesday of the month, uh, typically in the second interview segment, but tonight we're pulling a full hour here. You can find her right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Robin, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. You know you're my brother from another mother, Greg. Thank you. Love you. (laughs) There's Robin. Grillgirl.com. I'm her brother from another mother. People saying that still?
Uh, grillgirl.com and at grillgirlrobin, and she is quickly approaching 16,000 followers. She had said uh, there's, uh, there is some kind of magic number. I do believe, regardless of the number, if you're not posting good content, you can continue to grow, but it's not going to be nearly the growth that you're hoping for. But she's on it. She's posting and interacting, doing a lot of relevant content. So I believe her growth is much quicker than a lot of crap accounts. And I'm just using that term in general. I'm not there yet. I'm like almost at 5,000. Come on. I mean, can everybody follow me on Instagram so I can start linking out? That's all I want. Give me the 10,000 followers. What do I got to do? Buy some followers over here? My engagement is great, though. All right. Thanks again to Robin Lindars, the grill girl. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue has a crap Instagram account. Yeah, join the club. We all do. Uh, once again, her website, grillgirl.com, and Instagram account, at grillgirlrobin. Give her a follow, and we will come back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. And this portion is brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, makers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Actually, I'm ahead of myself. That's what we call a teaser in the biz, folks. I'll get to that later. And I thank Robin Lindars from Grill Girl for joining me. Lots of cool talk there. We talked about Barbecue Hall of Fame. We talked about how far the Hall of Fame might go back. If it will go back any further than uh, what the class of 2019 has bought. I mean... You know, that's uh, 1952. Was it 1952 or 1958 that Dreamland was in there? 58 is now sticking in my head for Lem's Barbecue for some reason. And then in 62, Lem's opened the second location. Hmm. I'm full of useless barbecue knowledge. I'm full of barbecue knowledge. <laughs> She's also one of five competing in the World Food Championships 2019. Firewoman Challenge. And there will be no men. <laughs> there will be no men in any of those camps. I did not give a uh, egregious Costco plug. I just happened to fall in love with Costco. Not all of Costco. I would say a, a wide majority of Costco I don't like. I think BJ's Wholesale Club has a better selection of overall stuff. But my wheelhouse is the meat. And if you're comparing BJ's... (laughs) Hey, if we're comparing BJ's to Costco, 
there's hardly a competition. I mean, Costco has an incredible, at least the one in Mayfield Heights, has a really great prime selection, and it is very well priced. Again, three and a quarter pound tomahawk for forty-two bucks. How can you not get that? All right, we are heading to the second hour. Refresh libations, and I'll meet you back in two and two. Stick around. We'll be right back.